Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, and I am joined today by Lance Reisland. Lance, how are you? Dan, how are you this morning? Doing well. We had a few technical issues there to start our morning, but we got it figured out, and we are recording a podcast. I wanted to have you on, Lance, because, uh, you know, Mary Kay and Ashley and I sort of looked ahead to the Jets game a little bit in our last podcast and, and talked a little bit about practice, but you had a chance for the first time to kind of see the Browns practice on uh, on Tuesday when they had their first training camp in Berea. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you saw. I want to get your thoughts on what you're what you're watching for in the Jets game and what you kind of watch for in these preseason games. So a lot to get to here. Um, but let's just start with this. When you go to camp on Tuesday, what what did you really want to see? Well, as always, the coaching me, I always want to see organization of preparation. And I think uh, Coach Stefanski has always done a good job of there's not a lot of wasted time. There's pace and there's purpose to everything they do. Uh, I like how they move around. Everybody kind of knows what they're doing. Uh, I like non-wasted time uh, at practice because then you're getting more reps. And I, and I believe in reps. So uh, I just think their organization, their preparation uh, was fantastic. And then obviously I want to see, you know, I wanted to see the new defensive line. Um, I thought they were fantastic in their movement, kind of what we had talked about before. I really liked how they're upfield. Uh, there's a lot of energy on that side of the ball. So before even any scheme, I thought the energy was fantastic. But going to scheme a little bit, I thought they, you know, they were one gap penetrators. Uh, I love the, um, the flexibility of the secondary, different guys in the slot, different guys playing deep, Thornhill, the Delpit. So uh, based on formation, Ward inside, outside. So a lot of, a lot of flexibility with the secondary. And then seeing those linebackers kind of run downhill and get to, you know, get to play a little bit without reading so much. So you saw I, the thing that really stood out is just how simple and how fast they were on defense. And then offensively, um, there was such a difference between first day last year and the first day this year. For me, I know they've been at West Virginia, but that uh, for me, Watson's control of the offense, um, just the way he handles the checks, the RPOs. Uh, he seems like he's in complete control and seems a lot more comfortable out there. Uh, I thought um, a new Cooper was going to be great. Uh, I, I knew more was going to be great. Um, DPJ is really, really looking good to me. I thought he was um, ran some great routes. Uh, Tillman is, a, I, I was shocked how big he was. He's a big, big red zone issue for teams. I think as he gets, uh, gets in this, uh, the um, rhythm of the offense. Uh, and, and again, I just thought the tempo and the pace was really good. A little bit edginess at times. I like that. So I thought um, for the first day, I just thought their pace and, and purpose was really, really good. So you said a bunch of things there, and I and I want to get to to all of them. So, uh, let, let, but let's start here because you said Donovan Peoples Jones, and I think it, this actually wasn't where I wanted to start, but since you brought him up, I think it's a good guy to talk about because he had a sideline catch um, on. Tuesday that was really like you know fought off AJ Green uh, I know he had another one on the other side of the field too um, this is a guy that coming into this year I wasn't sure you know was that his ceiling last year or close to his ceiling or is there still more to unlock and after nine days of training camp without overreacting too much it sure feels to me like this is a guy that still has you know another level to get to as a receiver and I don't think he's ever going to be like a great separator but if he can really master the contested catches and, and really be a guy that can be reliable in the red zone, be a downfield threat, um, I, I think there's still another level that he can get to. Well, first thing he stands out every time you're down there and you see him in person is his length and his size. So, yeah, those contested catches, the red zone stuff. Um, now I think he could be in a position to do more of what he does with Elijah Moore. 
uh, being that underneath guy, the slot guy, jet sweep guy, they have kind of a complementary um, receiving core now where Amari Cooper is that elite route runner. Um, I don't know if DPJ has to do all. I think he can be really good in his role. You know, the idea of starring in your role, and, and I think you're right, that the ability to go make a contested catch uh, in the red zone, big third downs, sideline type routes, over the middle type routes, especially if you're getting if you're getting a zone team, that big target in the middle, him and uh, Njoku. Uh, sometimes it's nice to see those big bodies in the zones. So he, what he brings to the table, and, and he, he seems uh, very fluid out there. Again, he seems to have great control where he's lining up. Uh, again, with their operation, they all know what they're doing. So now it's just a matter of getting reps. But yeah, I very, very impressed with him yesterday. I kind of had a vision what you think of Cooper and more uh, with their, you know, what they've done watching Cooper last year, seeing more, breaking down more film. But DPJ was really impressive in his terms of uh, he goes and gets the ball and he's so long. Uh, he's big and he's long. So he's going to be a tough matchup. Really, if he's a red zone, uh, a monster early, that's that's what they need. And, and that would be huge. Okay, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and, you know, you and I talk a lot about this coaching staff and, you know, these coaches. And I know that, that that's that's one of the things you, you said it with Kevin off the top. One of the things you like to, to watch is sort of the coaching and, and how these guys operate. And yesterday before practice, we got to hear from Jim Schwartz, Alex Van Pelt, Bubba Ventrone. And I want to go to, to Jim. What did you hear from Jim that, that stood out to you when, when you were standing there listening to him on Tuesday? Well, first of all, the first thing you get is his attitude. He has a no nonsense. We are going to play good defense attitude. Um, it's uh, one of the, it's a, it's a confidence, not a cockiness. He really, if he rub, he has confidence on how he runs his defense. And, you know, he kind of, uh, kind of kept saying, um, you know, accountability, accountability to, you know, to each other. Uh, they're not a finished product. Um, how they're kind of scaffolding and building to what they want to get to. Um, and I just, the big thing more than what he said about scheme and how he did thing is just his, um, he's in charge. Uh, he has a plan. He has um, kind of where he wants to be for Thursday, you know, or, and where he wants to be in week one uh, to where he wants to be yesterday, which I thought was a really good point. He wasn't really worried about anything. A bunch of people asked him questions about, you know, playing, uh, you know, three divisional opponents in the first couple of weeks and things like that. And he just kind of said, we're worried about today. And I think as a coach, that's really important because if you worry about what's going on, um, he's really a control controllables guy. And I for me, I really, really like listening to him talk because no matter what people said, it was we're worried about today's practice and what we're going to do today. And uh, I think that carries over to the guy. And then when you see him out on the field, he has great energy. He's a very hands-on guy. Uh, kind of defensive version of Callahan where he stopped, you know, he's going to coach it on the run, but he's going to tell you what you did. And uh, there's a definite, like uh, there's an alpha in the building to, defensively and he's in charge, um, but he does it in a way where I think everybody wants to follow him. And that's, that's what I took more than the scheme. The scheme is one thing. Um, these guys are all really good. They're going to be in a pressure front and two linebackers in and one high hat safety, but their attitude seemed a lot different yesterday um, in terms of they wanted to be out there and they wanted to have a, a, a great practice, I thought. And, and they and they did. They fly around and it's fun to watch. I, I think it was so <laughs> important to bring in a guy like that for, for that defense, because we know last year things just there were just a lot of bad things happening. And, you know, Jadavion Clowney was stewing about his role and it seemed like there were other guys too. Greg Newsome, you know, I don't think JJ3 was real happy. There were just a lot of guys that as that year went along just weren't happy with how things were going. And and I feel like, you know, I don't know if it's fair to say that Joe Woods lost control. I don't know if that's what happened. But I just feel like with Jim Schwartz, like it, this is his show. Like you said, he's a veteran guy and he can walk in that room. He's got a Super Bowl ring. 
you know, he, he can always throw that on the table and say, you guys want this? Then you got to like follow along. You got to get in line and, and follow me here. And the other part of it is, you know, a guy like Miles, a guy like Zadarius, those defensive linemen, he can point to, hey, in Buffalo, I had four double-digit sack guys. In Philly, look at what our defensive line did. Like, I'm going to make you guys better if you just listen to me. And I feel like he's got that gravitas to just kind of make sure guys stay in line. And even if a guy's not happy with his role, he's he's going to get in line and do what he's supposed to do because Jim Schwartz is the one in control now. Well, yeah, when you look at the defense yesterday, there's a difference between, you know, the term players coach, and I know I've discussed this with you, but a players coach is not somebody that the coach likes or somebody the coach hangs out with. A players coach, especially at the NFL level, uh, it's a money business. It's a it's a contract years. It's, you know, next, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and winning Super Bowls. So a players coach is a coach that allows the players to be successful. And you just said it about the double digit sacks and, you know, Ward wanting to be in more man coverage and, you know, things like that and having safety over the top and Delpit being down in the box and putting Zazaria Smith next to Miles Garrett and all these matchup things that uh, Schwartz will do. That's what a player's coach is. So when people say, because when you're out there, He's not friends with everybody. He has a job to do just like the the players do, and you see that. Everybody has a job to do. Obviously, he's going to build relationships and he's going to do all that. But what I like is that he's setting these guys up for success for what I think they do really well. I think their secondary is really strong when they're in man coverage. They'll They'll are okay in zone, but in man, they're really talented. I thought Emerson was fantastic yesterday. He competes on every play. Obviously, Ward's good, and A.J. Green, who would play, and Newsom. All the, these guys are all good, but they're in more man coverage. And I think what it does is it says, you know, you versus me, and these guys like that. They like to have more responsibility and take ownership of what they're doing. You know, you mentioned it yesterday. We saw Denzel Ward in the slot, uh, which, which is not something we saw in West Virginia. It was something we saw in the spring, but I'm really fascinated by that. Um, you and I were talking, one of the things I'm really curious about if we'll see this is, um, if maybe they'll try Martin Emerson inside at some point, it's pretty clear that they, you know, last year and this year, they, they see him more as an outside guy, which makes sense. Cause he's huge. But one of the things that, that I brought up to you was like on first down, could you put Martin Emerson on the inside? Cause he's so big and you know, he can cover I, I'd imagine he could cover any tight end in the league. Um, you know, he could help in the run game because he's so physical. I feel like there's still more there to unlock. You know, if you're moving Ward and Newsom inside, are there some opportunities to maybe do the same with Martin Emerson? Sort of like what they're doing with their safeties when they bring them down into the box. Well, you know, when you watch a short defense, one thing I always, I was trying to figure out how they do it with different people. And for me, it's a level. So they have the first level, second level, third level, and who's ever on those levels has jobs to do. And, and what I mean by that is that he demands you be a football player. So yes, you might be out of position at times, but you have to be tough. You have to be long. You have to be able to tackle. You have to be able to cover. Um, and that second level of his defense, sometimes there's four guys there. Sometimes there's three guys there. Sometimes there's five guys there, uh, depending on what they're doing and what the front is. And those guys at the second level have got to be able to tackle, like you said, on first down. They got to be able to cover. They got to be able to cover slot receivers. They got to be able to play a D gap or C gap responsibility sometimes in the run game. But he, what he really emphasizes by all those guys, but especially that second level, is you have to be a football player. You have to analyze what you see because a lot of teams will go two tight ends but go four wide. Um, you know, Stefanski's known for you know getting in big personnel and going empty. So you got to be flexible in that second level. Those guys have to be flexible in terms of they might be covering in the slot, but they might be inside and have to play the run. And when you watch that 17 Eagles defense, um, for me, they just look like a bunch of football players. They all have responsibilities 
and the responsibilities are simple. So they know what they're doing and they play fast and, and they play aggressive. But yeah, that second level, Emerson, I think could definitely play on that second level. Delpit, JOK, those body types that are long, strong, can play the run and cover. Okay, let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Elijah Moore has been the talk of training camp. And yesterday, you know, he didn't have like the big highlight play yesterday or anything like that, but he, he had some catches and we saw a little bit of the versatility and, and how they want to use him. Um, when, when you look at Elijah Moore and see, like, like I was, I, I think we've talked about this, but when I went back and did a little research on him, I was kind of blown away by like, if you go to back to his draft stuff, how fast he was. And, um, you know, there was an NFL draft comp from Lance Zerline on NFL.com that compared him to Antonio Brown. Like that was his NFL draft comp. Like Antonio Brown, so he was a pretty good player. Uh, say what, say whatever else you want about him. He was a pretty good player, especially in Pittsburgh. Um, so Elijah Moore, what do you think he really unlocks for this team on, on the offensive side? Well, he's a he's a defensive defense coordinator's nightmare, and why is because you can line him up in a bunch of different things. And I think Stefanski does an incredible job at play design. So now you can Elijah Moore gives you lots of different stuff. He can give you the run game with the jet sweeps, the fly sweeps, uh, but he also gives you a movement game. He gives you eye, so simply eye candy by motioning, being in motion, orbit motion, all those motions they like to do. He's creating eye, uh, you know, eye responsibilities for second level guys and things like that for a defense. Uh, then you could put him in the slot. He's good enough to run the routes from one. He can run all the stuff that DB, DPJ can run and Cooper can run. So he's super versatile. You can use him in the backfield. If a team's going to try to man up and, and put him, uh, you know, put a linebacker on the back, you can put him at, in the, at, at, at tailback and he can actually run the football too. Uh, you know, they run that pin and pull scheme, which is basically an outside run, just like a uh, quick screen would be. So they can run him out of the backfield. They can use him against uh, matchups out of the backfield. They can use him in the slot. They can use him in the run game. Uh, they can use him outside. They can use him on gadget plays, things like that. So he, what he does is he gives you such flexibility. And again, now they have this receiving core that kind of all complement each other. But he's the guy in the slot that gives you that that easy yards. Um, he's not really a route runner. He's a great route runner. But when I think of him, I don't think of routes. I think of space. He's a guy who gets the ball in space and make plays. And however you get it to him in space is, is how you do it. He's you know that Percy Harvin when you go back to those kind of guys. Just get him touches. Uh, but yeah, real, real explosive and real fast yesterday uh, down there on the field. And I feel like they've been looking for this guy for so long. Um, maybe not always at the talent level of an Elijah Moore, but they've been looking for that super fast kind of, I hate to say gadgety because he's more than a gadgety guy, but that, that super fast guy that you can put in a bunch of different places, you know, like Anthony Schwartz, right? Like they really, that's really what they wanted him to ultimately be, but Unfortunately, when he puts on the pads and he runs around on the field, he doesn't look like a guy with world-class speed. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Elijah Moore, he puts on the pads and he looks fast. And I, I feel like this is the guy they've been hunting for for a while. And he he brings so much just from his ability to be a wide receiver, but then also you throw in some of that gadgety stuff that you can do with him. And I, I'm really excited to see how Kevin uses him. Well, yeah, and then you have Deshaun Watson, which – Two years ago when Watson signed, I think Watson's number one quality, he makes all the throws from the pocket, outside the pocket, you know, off platform, all those tag words you hear. But what he really does when play breaks down, that's when he's at his best, in my opinion. That's when he is absolutely magical. 
And a guy like Moore is going to be a guy who finds those open areas. So you're going to see lots of off script, you know, semi rolls, things like that, where he's just going to make a play and Moore's going to find an opening. And once again, really kind of off off script, kind of a scramble. But you're going to see a lot of that where he just kind of gets space and then he's going to get that easy yards after catch. With him, uh, I think you'll see the big plays, but he's a guy who's going to give you second and two. And as an offense coordinator, you win when it's second two. And that's what I think. He, I think he's going to have a huge year because um, Browns have a lot to offensively. If they can get it moving, they have a lot for a defensive coordinator to think about. And uh, Moore's just one of the pieces, and he's a really important piece. Okay, we can't talk training camp without talking a little Bill Callahan. I know he's one of your favorite coaches mm-hmm. to watch. Um, I, I talked to you yesterday before we went in for interviews that I had I had took some time to watch him when I was in West Virginia for those four days. Um, and it just really stood out to me the way he teaches um, in between reps and the way he teaches everybody. You know, he teaches Joel Batonio the same way that he does Michael Dunn and, you know, Dewan Jones and whoever else. And I, I just think it's really impressive to watch him coach. So, you know, explain a little bit what it is when you watch Bill Callahan coach, like what do you think it is that makes him so effective and makes him probably the best O-line coach in football? Well, he's extremely consistent. So they have, you know, as an offensive lineman, you know, the Browns are a zone gap team. They do, you know, every, just like everybody else they do, but there's a system he has. So when you go down there first, you know, first place I went, you know, yesterday, went walked right down the offensive line. And when you see them, there's a systematic approach to what they're doing. Um, they're working on zone steps. They're working on gap steps. They're working on pools. They're working on power pools. They're working on counter pools. They're working their hands. They're always, he's always coaching where your hand placements are. They're always working their double teams to the next level. They work their pass protection. They work their pass protection against twists. They work their pass protection against man. They're always working their feet. They, they, it's a, but if you go, there's so much involved, but when you go and watch it, so I've been lucky enough to watch, you know, you know, 20 practices now, 25 practices, you know, of Callahan work for the first half hour. And there's a systematic approach to everything they do. It's just not making up drills. I mean, no one just makes up drills, but with him, it's a consistency where that's why they've had such success when uh, other guys go in because it's the system. He has such a, a teaching system where they're going to run what they run. It's not really a scheme. It's they're going to work their hands. They're going to work their feet. They're going to work hand placement. They're going to work where their feet need to go, the depth. Uh, and they just do it over and over and over. And they just get really good at what they're doing because they're fundamentally sound and they know exactly what they're supposed to do. And when you know what you're supposed to do, just like defensively, you can play fast. And they know exactly what they're doing on every play. Uh, and it shows when they're running the ball. It's it's They create great lanes because of that repetition they get. And uh, he's an absolute machine down there. It's consistent. It's energetic. And it's, it's always the same, which is uh, really fun to watch. And I think, you know, one of the things is when you watch all the individual drills, when, when you have that opportunity, you know, the pacing for the O-line is, is just different with Bill Callahan. Like if you go watch the D-line, you know, it's attack, attack, attack all throughout those, those individual drills. And it's just rep after rep after rep. And they're certain they're coaching guys up. I'm not trying to say that they aren't, but I'm just saying when you, when you go watch Bill Callahan and that offensive line um, and, you know, the numbers and the position kind of allow this a little bit, it's kind of a rep and then he'll stop and he'll kind of coach a guy up. And again, I'll, you know, he'll do the same thing with Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller that he does you know, with, again, with Michael Dunn or Drew Forbes, it's just really the way he teaches during those individual periods is really fun to watch. 
Well, I'd be willing to bet that they go over their practice plans too. Cause when you say that they work at an incredible pace too, but what they do, like you said, so defensive line will just get off, get off, get a whistle, you know, ball, you know, everybody's yelling and screaming with those offensive linemen. They have to be really cerebral. They have to be able to think about what's going on in front of them. But what they do is there's never a wasted time. So as Callahan is coaching someone, uh, no matter who it is, the next guys know what's coming. The next guy know what's reps coming. So he doesn't have to say, okay, let's work doubles. They know what's coming. So uh, obviously there's some help with some young coaches thing down there, but there is a systematic, once again, they know what the next, they know what the next thing is. And when you know what the next thing is, no one's standing around waiting for him to say it. They get down, they have, you know, it's kind of the similar plan. So when they're in the meeting room there, he's saying, we're doing this, this, and this today. And as I'm coaching, you guys get lined up and you can tell they all know what they're doing. Not only do they do the drill well, but they know what's coming next, which is which allows for no wasted time. Because even though he's coaching, there is no wasted time. The next the next guys know what they're doing. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to look ahead to Thursday night's preseason game. While you're listening to this ad, what I want you to do is swipe up on your podcast app. The, the audio is not going to go anywhere. You're going to hear it. Go find Instagram. Hit the search button. Search Orange and Brown Talk and click follow. Just follow us on Instagram. Highlights, interviews, all sorts of stuff. So you want to be following us on Orange and Brown Talk. We're just very slowly building up that following. But I think the people that are following us, Lance, you're one of them. The people that are following us are, are kind of are enjoying what we're putting out there. So uh, like I said, all kinds of highlights, stories, reels, you want to follow us. It's Orange and Brown Talk on Instagram. So we'll take a break. Get us followed. And when you come back and when we come back, we'll look ahead to Thursday's game against the Jets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Lance Reisland. All right, Lance, uh, Thursday night, it's going to be the Kellen Mond show and then Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think, I think DTR is really the guy that a lot of Browns fans are going to be excited to see. But I've said this a few times on the podcast. I think I said it on our, our stand up too after practice. This game offers a really unique opportunity for some of these young players, uh, more so than any other preseason game, because this is the game that everyone has been like in a weird way everyone has been waiting for it is the nfl is back football is back and everybody's going to be paying attention to this game for at least at least the first quarter of the first half so this offers a really unique opportunity for some of these young players to kind of garner a little bit of attention because the, the entire NFL world is going to be paying attention to this game because they've been waiting for football to come back for so long. And so for a guy like Kellen Mond and, and some of these other guys who are, who are kind of fighting for roster spots, this is a big opportunity. Well, yeah, this is, these, these games are my favorite. And the reason my favorite, I'll be watching from start to end because these guys are fighting for their lives. They're fighting for their livelihood. So as a football purist, which I, and obviously I love watching film and I love seeing this stuff is that you see these guys play with such great effort. Um, you know, the, the, from start to finish, you're going to get, you're going to, you know, 
who is the backup quarterback? Who is the, what's the depth at quarterback? Um, what's, you know, you as a coach, I think they're going to look for operation. Do they get in and out of the huddle? Do they end such uh, understand situational stuff? Uh, does he get rid of the ball and not take sacks? Is he going through his progressions? Does he set pass protections? Does he make the right read on RPOs? All that kind of stuff uh, that they seem to have pretty good, you know, great command of yesterday. That's kind of what they're looking for. Um, and then there's some depth, you know, so there's some depth things that the Browns have to figure out because they have some really good frontline guys, but there's some depth questions that need to be answered at certain positions. So let's assume, and we don't know this for certain, but let's assume that most of the rookies will play in this game. Um, I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if we didn't see like Cedric Tillman and, and some of these other guys. Uh, after that, when we're looking at veterans, it's going to be guys down the depth chart and guys really fighting for roster spots. So, you know, without knowing exactly who's going to play, who who are like a couple of the guys that you really want to see tomorrow or on Thursday? Well, the, it'd be that, that four safety spot, Anthony Bell, Hickman. You know, who's going to who's going to take that spot? I want to see um, Dewan Jones. Uh, I, I want to see him uh, uh, against guys who, you know, when you watch him in college, he you know, I just sent out a, a tweet this morning. There's big and then there's Dewan Jones big. This is the the biggest human I've ever seen in person. He's a monster of a human, and he was able to use that size to his advantage in college. I want to see him with guys who kind of match strength and and see how that goes, and can he cut off the edge and things like that. Uh, Running back position, you know, you Kelly and these guys and, and, you know, Ford and, you know, we saw Demetrik Felton, you know, first time since I've been at practice that I've seen him at the, with the running backs. So it w- I want to see, you know, the depth at running back, you know, and, you know, for the Browns to have what they're at, they really need to find depth at running back and quarterback, two very important positions because the frontline guys, you hope never go out, but you know, it's, it's, it's football and things happen. So they got to find some depth of those key positions. And, you know, after McLeod, who's the next safety in and who's the next tackle in. And so there's some, you know, who's the D lineman, um, you know, you got the, who's the fourth, who's the fourth and fifth defensive tackle. I mean, defensive lineman and that third, fourth defensive tackle. So there's some questions. These guys are, they created some competition that guys should play very, very hard on Thursday night. Yeah. I think all of those are, are great. I think defensive line is, is a really interesting one, especially end because right. We know miles, we know Zadarius and Zadarius may be your starter inside, but we, you know, we know Oboe. But then what, like, what comes after that? Is it going to be Isaiah McGuire? Is it going to be Isaiah Thomas? I thought it was really interesting yesterday. Zadarius um, was getting his, I think it was his ankle worked on, and he sat out the the final team period uh, at the end of practice. And it was Isaiah Thomas that played in his place. Uh, not Alex Wright. I don't know if Oboe was sitting that out or not, too. Um, obviously, he's he's kind of your third edge rusher. But, you know, who's who's going to kind of fill in those roles? Because you do need to have probably five, maybe six guys that you at least trusted that position. And like you said, this is football. Somebody's going to get hurt somewhere. Some important player is going to get hurt and your depth is going to get tested. And so who are going to be, who are those guys going to be on the edge? I think that it's pretty wide open right there behind Miles, Zadarius and Oboe. Yeah. That, you know, Alex Wright showed a lot of, you know, Thomas, those guys, tools wise, they have all the physical tools, right? So kind of want to see when they were taken last year, they were kind of uh, projected as projects and and needed some work and some uh, seasoning, you know, have they grown and have they gotten better in the off season and have they gotten stronger? Um, that'd be interesting. You know, you, you, with, with Schwartz, those guys need to be flexible as well. Um, can they play outside if needed too? So can they play inside? There's, you know, there's a lot of flexibility there more than just being a true defensive tackle, a true defensive end, but those edge guys, um, that third and fourth guy, I agree with you. Who's got, you know, and even inside, who's going to be, 
Um, is Jordan Elliott locked in at the three, or is there guys going to be pushing him? You know, Hurst and Hill are those guys going to push uh, push him as well? So um, I thought physically Jordan Elliott looked really good yesterday. He's gotten a lot thicker. I thought physically he looked really good. So in this new scheme, I'm I'm excited to see him play uh, as well during the preseason. Yeah, that's interesting. And what you know, one of those things like when you see the Browns had Shelby Harris in for a visit, it kind of makes you wonder like, are they? are they really sold on Jordan Elliott being the starter next to Dalvin Tomlinson? Or are they kind of looking around just to see if there's some other options out there? So, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see Jordan on, I actually would be a little surprised if we see Jordan Elliott on Thursday. Um, if they consider him a starter, I'd be surprised, but those guys, I mean, I hope we get a chance to see Siaki Ika. Um, I, I think he's a, he's a fascinating guy and, and yeah, those guys inside. And also, so this is another area and I, th- I think you're going to like this special teams. Like again, this is where, this is where guys at the bottom of the roster can make a difference, right? Can you be a gunner? Can you contribute on special teams? I'm not even talking about the return game. Can you, can you get Bubba Ventrone's attention so that when the time comes and the Browns say, all right, Bubba, you get four guys or whatever number it is. Who, who do you want? Can you make a difference enough in the preseason to where Bubba's going to say that's one of the guys I want. And that's where a guy like DeAnthony Bell could maybe win that fourth safety job because if he can be a core special teamer, that's how you get on the roster as a young guy. Well, first of all, it's really hard not to like Bubba Ventrone, right? He, his energy, man, he walks in, he's fired up, right? He's like, uh, so he's he's a young kid. He look, he's You could tell he's a former. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's physically fit, but he takes a lot of pride in what he's doing. And, and I agree with you. Can you cover kicks? Um, he, he's another guy. I, I thought there was a little bit more attention to the special teams. My first day now was a little different because it was day eight, not really day one, but I thought they did a really good job of being detailed in their special teams as well. And he led that, uh, Kay York, obviously, um, we talked about him last year. Uh, he was fantastic in yesterday. He's, uh, got the sound that his ball makes and making 45 yarders, you know, three yards from the top of the net and things like that. So, um, you know, can you cover kicks and, and what you're going to get? And Patron said it best that if you can cover kicks, they're going to double those gunners tomorrow, you know, Thursday night because they're not scheming up any pat, uh, punt rush. So those guys need to be able who can get off the double jam and, and get down there and make a play. So, and obviously you want to see the field flip by the punter. You want to see field goals made. You want to see the ball kicked in the end zone. There's uh, again, that operation, not blocking. Um, I thought yesterday Ventron made a great, one of my favorite quotes of all the coordinators yesterday said blocking somebody in the back is a conscious effort. And I thought that was really important to say because um, he's going to hold those guys accountable and make those guys work. And I think it's something the special teams really needed. Not that they, I I thought the special teams were good in the past. There's just an energy about uh, what Schwartz and Ventrone bring. So it's, it's kind of nice. If this team wins this year, if they do what they're capable of doing, I mean, I really do think the big stories are going to be, obviously Deshaun Watson is the huge story, but I think big reasons why it's going to be Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone. I think just with those two, with those, the impact that those two guys have the potential to have on this team. I mean, it could be, they could end up being the reasons this team reaches the levels that, that we think they can reach. Well, yeah. And the personnel's there now. So obviously it's going to come down. <clears throat> you're, you're pretty good at every spot. There's not a, there's not a good, you know, there's some depth issues, but there's not a lot of spots on this roster that you say, Hey, they're, they're really deficient here. There's not, there's not a lot of roster. There's not a spot. There's not a spot on that offense or defense, special teams that you would say they're really, um, really, really weak. Now there's some depth things that will work out, but this is a pretty good frontline team. 
um, that needs to, you know, needs to make some progress in terms of wins and losses because they have personnel. They have really good personnel. These guys who are uh, Miles Garrett, Chubb, these guys are all in the prime of the career. This is the time to do it for sure. Okay, that's Lance Reisland getting you ready for Thursday night's Hall of Fame game in Canton against the Jets and also looking back at practice. Lance, I know you're going to be coming out to practices all next week as well, so uh, I'm excited to to chat with you there. There's nothing like watching practice with Lance. Uh, you, just, you just see the game at a different level, you know? It's very fun being down there, I tell you. It's, uh, you know, I've always watched from afar. When you're down there, it's just a, it's a, it's a lot of fun to see those guys at the highest level do it. Uh, and how they make adjustments. So yeah, I really enjoy being down there. It's uh, it's it's a joy for sure. All right, get subscribed to Orange and Brown Talk on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're not already. I told you about the Instagram page. Go find Orange and Brown Talk. Uh, hit follow there. Check out our YouTube channel. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com on YouTube to find us there. And then, of course, Football Insider, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get texts, get a newsletter every day, and get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. Again, it's cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Lance, I'll talk to you later.